2018 has arrived and I hope everyone's doing really well in the final days of our Christmas holidays. And so again, welcome to another episode of the Telt Podcast. And uh, you know, it's one of those things where it's just so nice to have some time off with uh, our families and friends, a time for us to recharge the batteries and get ourselves ready for a new year uh, with the students. And uh, you know, it's one of those things. I January was another time of the year where I got super excited as a teacher and I'd find myself in the final days going to school and getting everything ready and you know making sure that my planning was was tight for that first week back and uh, you know starting to think about some of the cool things that I was going to do uh, with the students in January and February leading up to the first set of report cards, which are in February, those first big ones with the marks and things like that. So again, um, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, we're back at it. I want to start by thanking everyone for the kind words. And uh, again, you know, like my goal in uh, one of the, I mean, I have many goals, um, you know, and why I do this podcast, but one of them is, you know, just to share my journey, share my learning journey, share my experience, ideas, thoughts, and that, you know, hopefully some of these thoughts and ideas speak to you. Uh, maybe some of them uh, will help Uh, you know, spur ideas and, you know, maybe you can take some of the ideas and remix them and make them better uh, for you in your classroom. But for me, there's nothing more motivating than, um, you know, and appreciate like a lot of appreciation for the people who have taken the time to, uh, you know, send me a quick message on Twitter. I really appreciate that. That's really, really nice. And so uh, thanks for taking the time to do that. So, January, the podcast. What are we doing in this episode? Well, you know what? Here's what we're going to do. The first part, I was thinking I would share kind of my tips and tricks of the first week back. And in part two of the podcast, we're going to look at George Guros's chapter eight, strength-based leadership. And uh, I have some really cool ideas around some of the points that uh, George speaks to. And uh, you know what's really cool is you can really sense the momentum of the book starting to pick up. And I'm super excited to share my ideas around chapter eight. So without any further ado, let's dive into today's podcast. All right, so in segment number one, I thought I'd uh, share some of the cool things that uh, I did uh, the first week back. And uh, a lot of it was just, uh, again, as I mentioned earlier, just uh, you know, refined over time. And uh, I believed as a classroom teacher, I, I was always um, kind of super game to try different things. And uh, I never really felt that you know I knew the way. I had ideas about what would work depending on you know the grade levels that I taught and uh, the students in my classroom and things like that but you know I never that was I think I think that was one of the one of my strengths as a teacher is that I didn't assume that I knew everything I was always curious uh, and intrigued to try to you know provide the best experience for each 
group of students kind of as a unique group. And so over time, uh, trying different things, coming back from the Christmas holidays, I really, I really wanted to kind of put together, um, you know, a week, a solid week back so that, you know, we could all get out of the, uh, you know, that break mindset that we're in when we're coming back. It's always hard, you know, whether you're a teacher, whether you're a student, uh, it doesn't matter, you know, when you're off for two weeks and you're kind of out of routine, it's always uh, challenging to get back in the routine. So, you know, I dabbled with different ways, different strategies. And what I found over time was that, you know, if I did these three or four things, um, I found that the week just went by really quick. Uh, The students got back at it really quick. And it was a really positive week for for everyone. And so I thought I'd share some of the ideas uh, that I I used to do or that I did in the classroom. So the first thing I I think is, I mean, it's pretty... You know, I would say, well, I, I don't know if it's obvious because again, I, I, I didn't, I learned this through trial and error. But you know, that first week back, you know, a couple of days before uh, the uh, the startup on the Monday morning, I really looked at my planning for the week, and I got into the habit of over planning. So let me explain. So you know, there'd be years where I'd go in and you know maybe as a younger teacher, and I thought, oh, you know what, I'm going to try to make it fun this week. We'll keep it light. Students are coming back, and, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be hard for them to get back in the routine. So if I keep it light and fun, um, you know, it'll be easier for them to get back at it. And what I noticed for myself, again, I'd be interested to hear what you guys think, but it was actually the opposite. You know, it was, I found that you know, if there's not a lot of structure and, um, you know, if the expectations are clear coming back, then that's when I started, well, that's when I had, you know, issues with students not being engaged in the lessons or, you know, sometimes a bit of behavior would creep up. So I found the, the first thing that I, that was really important for me was just getting those couple of days before uh, the first Monday, you know, getting back into, um, you know, my schedule the classes that I was going to have that week and really just over plan and make sure that, you know, my lessons are solid, that there's some variety in the lessons too. So there's a variety between, you know, tasks where students work independently and, and tasks that are more collaborative. But I just found that, you know, being over planned and, and really having a strong start was important for the students to come in and kind of feel that energy of, okay, we're back at it, back to business. And so, um, you know, that, that was really important. And I encourage teachers, I would always encourage teachers, as I did in the last podcast when I, when I talked about keeping the pedal to the metal, um, you know, in that last week up until the last day. Again, students, I find they thrive in structure. They thrive in, you know, a predictable environment. And sometimes when things are unpredictable, that's when they can struggle and stuff like that. So first thing, solid planning for sure. Um, I also felt that it was really important to, you know, communicate to the students my expectations coming back. You know, so my first class of the new year with all of the different groups was always around just, you know, revisiting the expectations, you know, our, our classroom and what the expectations are, you know, for them and what I'm bringing to the table too as a classroom teacher. And I'd always encourage the students uh, to, you know, work really hard the first week back, you know, to ease into it. 
but to work hard and to be super focused. And a lot of it just had to do with me saying, you know what, guys, here's what we're going to do. It's, it's tough on you. It's tough on me. Um, having been off for two weeks, but you know what, if we get back to work and we work really hard, then, you know, a couple of things, a, the lessons will be more engaging. You'll be more engaged in what you're doing and, and, and it'll be more fun to be back at, at, at the grind of school, but the time will fly by, you know, the time will go by a lot quicker. And so, um, you know, just again, you know, having that conversation, hearing out what they did during their holidays, but again, finishing off with, okay, guys, so you know what? Uh, it's been amazing uh, to be off and to hear what you guys have done, and it's, it's great to, 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 to spend the time, um, you know, relaxing with the family and the friends, but now it's time to get back at it, and let's, all, let's get back at it together kind of thing. So that was really, so those, so those two first two things, like just really solid planning, uh, great lessons, a good setting the stage conversation with the students. And also what I tried to do was um, have a fun project that would kind of, you know, span over a month or so. And uh, again, you know, if, if I were teaching at the elementary, it'd be cross-curricular. Try to incorporate, you know, a couple, a few of the, co- the uh, curriculum documents that I was responsible for, the, the courses that I was responsible for, and, um, you know, come up with a really fun, engaging task that involved, you know, different things, whether it be technology, you know, a bit of art, some math, some drama. And in that first week back, just you know, setting the stage, presenting the project to the students, giving them the opportunity to work both independently at getting it started and both uh, collaboratively also was a fun way to kind of get them you know, motivated again. And, and again, the whole idea with that was you know, trying to make it so that it's fun, so that again, they're engaged and uh, they're excited to be back and back at it. So again, a nice, rich task. Uh, so if you want to think about that, what you can do with your students uh, within a month and a half, um, you know, to kind of get through those, those winter months. So again, for me, that worked really, really well. A uh, couple of last things was I also made it a point to touch base with all the students in my classrooms. So again, just kind of revisiting, you know, where they're at. And what are their goals? You know, what are the things that they want to work on from now until February? Where can I as a classroom teacher, you know, what could I do to better support you as a student in my classroom? And I always found that to be really key because, again, it's just that, you know, George Guros talks about it in his book, the keys to uh, building relationships. And again, just coming back from the Christmas holidays, just, you know, resetting with all the students and, you know, setting up some goals uh, because the first big report card is only a month, a half, a month and a half away. And you know what? Uh, a lot of the important tasks, the summative tasks that are leading up to that report card are uh, now going to be happening over the next month and a half. So it's a big month and a half. So again, we look at, you know, just solid planning, a good conversation to get them going, um, you know, setting the stage with a fun project and then connecting with them, you know, one-on-one and ensuring that they know that I have their back and that, you know, I know exactly what they're working on and that we're working on it together was really important and it proved to be uh, a really valuable tool in my getting back to um, 
to, the, to school in January. And then finally, uh, a very important piece was the plan to touch base with parents. So again, you know, one of the things I've found that, you know, you can do as a classroom teacher, some of the, one of the best things you can do is be on top of the communication piece with parents. And I always found that, you know, when there were issues with parents maybe being, you know, uh, concerned or maybe not as happy with how things were going early in my career, a lot of the times I could attribute it back to, you know, Andrew, you just, you weren't good enough with the communication piece. You could have called maybe a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks earlier, or a week earlier, and so that's something that I found, um, you know, over time that in that I'd never do it the first week back because everyone's just kind of getting back at it, but I would make sure that any students at risk, you know, students that you know need a bit of a motivation, uh, and that team work approach of the parent the teacher and the student, us all working together, I'd make those calls in week two, but I'd plan it out in that first week. And uh, again, just, you know, touching base with the parents and, and making sure that we're all working together was also a really, really important uh, piece to that successful first week back. So again, you know what, these, these are the things that I did and I found that, you know, just doing a few things like this made uh, getting back at it in January uh, really exciting and really motivating for myself as a teacher. I had goals that I wanted to achieve. The students felt my positive energy. They saw that I'd put time into a really fun task. So they were really pumped too, and they were going, okay, this is good, we're back, this is gonna be fun. And um, you know what? It just made it that, it, it, it made for a really easy and seamless transition back uh, from holidays. So that's that. Again, please uh, leave me feedback on Twitter if there's anything that you do uh, that's worked for you. Again, the whole idea of us doing this through Twitter um, is just that PLN and sharing our best practices. So I'd love to hear from you if you have anything that uh, you do that works really well. All right, so now it's time for part two of today's podcast where I'm going to share a quick reflection on chapter eight of the innovators mindset by george guros let's go all right so here we are part three of the book uh called unleashing talent and so before we get into chapter eight um george guros does a little bit of a you know a recap on the big ideas of you know where we're going with uh, part three and in part three it's it's all about unleashing talent and, um, you know, you think about our role, you know, regardless of what your role is um, in your school or your board, that's really what we try to do. You know, we try to unleash talent. And uh, one of the cool things I like about the book is the fact that you can read it from different vantage points and, and it, you can apply it to the work that you're doing and it works really well. So a couple of big things that, that uh, start off part three of the book is, you know, just the the importance of relationships and us, you know, always being mindful of, you know, having really strong, positive um, relationships with the people we work with, whether it be with the students, whether it be with our colleagues. Um, because at the end of the day, when we look at, um, you know, innovation, we look at moving an organization forward, we look at unleashing talent, it, a lot of it starts with just a relationship piece. 
Um, another part that's discussed is the power of modeling. And I know for myself, that's been um, probably the biggest thing in my career is just realizing that, you know, a lot of the times just modeling what we want people to become can be so much more powerful than, you know, you know, telling them or putting a descriptor out or, you know, sometimes having a discussion about, you know, over the next couple of months, this is where we want you to be students. So that's great and it's important to do that, but it's also important and I would say more important for us to model it in our behavior and then when people are around us, they start to see the impact of that long-term goal. So uh, in part three in Unleashing Talent, I think that relationship piece and, and modeling uh, is very, very important. So let's dive into the chapter eight uh, piece. And so the first uh, part of Unleashing Talent, uh, George Guros talks about strength-based leadership. So us focusing more on the strengths versus you know people's weaknesses or our students weaknesses and uh, it was interesting reading through the chapter because you know it brought a new perspective you know where it's true you know sometimes we look at you know helping students we look at you know helping our colleagues closing the gaps and um you know, sometimes we'll focus on what they need to improve on versus maybe focusing on celebrating what people are really good at and that building confidence and strengthening the relationship. And then when we're, we encounter those pieces that require a bit of work, people are way more positive about tackling them. So I have uh, three or four quotes here that I'll read through and then provide uh, some perspective. So the first one here, well, what if we stopped operating on a deficit model that focuses on a learner's weaknesses and started operating on strength-based models that build on the learner's strengths. If we are going to empower our students, we must help them find what they love and create learning experiences that encourage them to develop their strengths. So if students excel in writing, let's create more opportunities for them to write. If they are excited about science, let's look for ways to provide opportunities for them to explore that passion. Imagine what education would look like if we did that. And here I think, uh, you know, my um, takeaway from this is just the, the era now that we're embarking, the transformation of moving away from lessons that are tailored more to a group to uh, individualized and tailored tailored lessons to the individual students and you know us working really hard I think of those um, that first month of the school year and discovering with the students what they're really good at what they're passionate about and trying to incorporate you know learning opportunities throughout the year that highlight the strengths and you know provide them with things that they really enjoy so they're, they're starting the learning experience from you know that strength versus it being maybe starting from uh, weakness for example if I've done a diagnostic and I'm thinking just math and I notice that the next strand is going to be a challenge for my class maybe I can really you know create a project that they re they're really into that they're really excited about and so that when we have to tackle those pieces of um, the curriculum in math that 
might intimidate them that they're positive because they're enjoying the experience, they're enjoying the, the learning. So I thought that that was really cool and um, for sure so important. Author and human behavior researcher Tom Rath notes in his book, Strengths Finder 2.0, that people who do have the opportunity to focus on their strengths every day are six times as likely to be engaged in their jobs and more than three times as likely to report having an excellent quality of life in general. Clearly, we need to make sure our educators and students have ample opportunities to explore and practice in areas which they thrive. So that that second quote there, I think, just speaks perfectly to that first part. The next one I wanted to talk about is this one here. We only get better when we find those who truly elevate us. Look for mentors who will push you to come up with better and brighter ideas and be that person for your followers. Leaders are meant to unleash talent by bringing their people's strengths to life, not ignoring them. To create a culture where innovation flourishes, where we have to realize that, in many cases, we already have everything we need. We just need to figure out how to tap into it. So I think here, it's, it's again, it's, it speaks to I get myself, and I'm, I'm sure it probably speaks to you guys too, that I think that that's what the beauty of, um, you know, Twitter has done for a lot of us is it's just provided us with a way to connect to a broader audience. So we all have, um, you know, colleagues in our schools that inspire us, um, where we learn from them and where we share ideas. And what's nice uh, now is that we also have this other community on Twitter where we can connect to like-minded people and learn from them. I know for myself, it's it's incredible in my role as technology-enabled learning and teaching consultant, like a lot of my learning now happens from just the amazing people sharing on Twitter. And so that's something that's cool. It's something for us to think about in our journey you know, just bringing awareness um, with the people we work at of the impact that Twitter's had on us and trying to um, encourage others uh, to get on board. Um, so again, this quote speaks to that, just, you know, finding someone or people who inspire you, people that you can learn from. And then when we're, you know, maybe learning a few new things that cool ideas or tricks on Twitter, we're able to bring them back into our schools and then people are able to observe it through uh, the power of just us modeling those techniques. So that's really cool. The last part here, learning is messy and we have to be comfortable with risk, failure, growth, and revision. Once people see leaders take risks, they are more likely to try their own ideas and stretch themselves and their students. Giving people license to take risks by tapping into their abilities helps create a space where innovative ideas and learning flourish. Instead of wondering if someone is smart, they wonder in what way that person is smart. And so again, I, you know, it just speaks to um, you know, us starting the new year and having maybe new goals for ourselves uh, as we embark uh, on the journey here in January. You know, and just, I think for that, P 
piece there is just always just reminding ourselves that, you know, uh, when we're trying new things in our classroom with our students, um, maybe, you know, when we're trying to incorporate new uh, strategies, maybe, you know, new uh, technology that maybe you haven't used before, that if there's one thing I can guarantee in, in all the years that I've done this is that there's going to be days where it's amazing and there's going to be days when the internet doesn't work. There's going to be days where, you know, something changes within the platform and you're on the spot maybe in front of all the students trying to figure it out. But I think if we bring that culture of messiness, that learning is messy and it's all good and that we're all in it together and we're learning together, that, um, you know, it can, it can really help us move forward and grow uh, in the area of technology-enabled learning and teaching and other areas of our life uh, too, for sure. So this now concludes uh, the podcast for this new year. I hope you all enjoyed the first podcast of the year. I wish everyone an amazing 2018. And again, feel free to leave your feedback on Twitter or send me a quick message. I always appreciate it. Have a great week. Take care, everyone. 